0: From beanies to carry bags, and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're with
1: Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, I've been hard at work at my new album out there in Apache Junction with a producer, co-producer and mixer named Lance Davis, who also goes by Grady Haas. He's an amazing dude. Um, And we're working on this album night and day. It's coming out really, really strong. And that's in a large part due to Lance's involvement. But he is also his own musical artist. Grady Haas is the stage name of singer-songwriter Lance Davis, who rebranded himself and formed a country band, Grady Haas and the Sidewinders, in honor of his late father, Jerome Grady Davis, who suffered from Alzheimer's for years before passing away in 2016. Lance grew up listening to rock and roll in his poster covered bedroom, while his dad always had old country music playing throughout the rest of the house, cars and back porch. Lance started revisiting the old country music as a nostalgic way to remember the father he knew before, the mind crippling disease. And he's here now with us. He's gonna play us a couple songs, but we're gonna also talk shop. Welcome to the show. Grady Haas, A.K.A. Lance. How's it going, my friend?
2: Oh man, good to hear. Be here, brother. And um, hey, man, I, I appreciate you having me on. This is good. This is good stuff.
1: Well, um, you know, it's uh, it's awesome working with you. Um, your production skills. What I noticed about when you would play me recordings was how great they were produced. You know, and I recognize certain people have that skill. How did you develop? that certain skill like to get meticulous with productions because i record stuff and sort of you know scatter paint you could say i I don't really detail too much i have my own ways of detailing but there's a a finer detail that you put on stuff how did you develop that
2: well i taught myself recording eons ago probably when you got started too like late 90s and i was just constantly disappointed with what you know, local studios were giving me even studios if I went into a city uh, were giving me. And so I taught myself recording just to um, satisfy my ears with what I wanted to hear from the recording. And I started with four track cassette and all that sort of thing. And um, and it just developed to where it is now. You know, now we're in digital technology and Pro Tools. And I resisted that whole situation about 15 years ago I was an analog guy. But now, as you know, you know the digital recording is great, and, uh, and here I am, and of course, I just love music, so I'm always dialed in, I'm always recording, I'm always producing other people, recording my own songs, and, and to be honest, man, like, like you said, detail-oriented, it's just, uh, it's kind of like life, man. It's like, when it's my art, I, um, I'm kind of like you. I just like to throw it down, just my ideas and my performance to make sure the perform- performance is organic, and that kind of like, is tending to my soul, but I also love to mix. So mixing for me, I get to entertain that left brain of mine that I also love. I love getting in there, the science of it and kind of dialing it in. So I get to use that part that I also get off on as well as keeping it raw and keeping the performance raw and understanding that. So it's combining the, the both worlds is what I love about the whole process, so.
1: How did you discover you had this left brain skill, though? You know, because it's compelling to me because I really, you know, struggle in that area. Even like in yoga, you you do these balancing poses. And on one side, you balance way better than the other. And on the weak side, I always think of that as the left brain side. And I'm not sure it even correlates, but it probably does. And so I'm just curious about it because it's a skill I don't have, like... It's not my strong suit, I would say. I'm trying to de- develop it as I go, but um, how did you develop it?
2: I guess just, you know, what? I've never been asked that question, so I- I'm kind of like struggling to even, wow, I never even really thought about that. But I guess it's just my, my ears wanting to hear what my, out of the speakers, what my head is telling me. So I'm just... I guess it's a part of me that enjoys the science part of it, of trying to figure out how to get this to sound the way I want it to sound. So that's the only way I can explain it. And, you know, and I, I, when, uh, as much as I am a fan of music, you know, when I listen to a, an artist that I love, as much as I'm listening to it to enjoy it, I'm also studying the mix. Wow, that's interesting. That's how loud they have the vocal there. Wow. The tambourine is actually louder than the vocal. Wow, the, you know, so I'm studying every time I listen to things so that then I translate that to where I'm in front of my monitor and in front of my speakers, I want to get the tones to sound the way some of my favorite mixers mix and, and what I'm hearing in my head. So, uh, I guess there's a part of me that likes to analyze. And when you're yeah. mixing, that's the time to analyze. It's when you're performing and laying the track down, that's when you don't want to analyze. And it, that's what I'm saying. It's like the balance of soul and mind for me. When I'm performing, don't want to think about it at all. That's not the – but when I'm mixing, the soul is captured, so now I get to analyze because the soul is already there. Now I just wanted to get it to sonically sound great. That's the best way I can explain it, really.
1: And which one never, is more fun? Which that. one's more what? Oh, you've never been asked that. Which one's more yeah. fun? Do you think? Because I mean, off the cuff, I would assume you would say putting it down and, and get it catching the raw inspiration. But I'm not sure that's true for you because you seem to have I, the way you're tackling the tracks we're working on. You're, you're pinpointing them so deeply and you're getting so jazzed about it. And it's fun to watch you do it and to feed you stuff to um, sort of corral if you will. yeah. Um, which side do you prefer?
2: It's apples and oranges, really, man. I, I can't compare it. I love them both the same, and they're both... I love them for different reasons, to be honest with you. It's like... um, I just love the studio in general. I actually... I, I almost love the studio more than I love live, because mm. I like seeing the birth of a song. I love seeing it come to fruition and and that balance of corralling it and also letting it be what it wants to be but you also have to have your feelers on to make sure that what it wants to be is the is the right thing so it's I love the studio because it is the balance of capturing soul and analyzing yeah and making sure it's correct and you're using the right mic but you don't want to go too nerdy With oh, do I have the proper mics you just kind of like go like you and I do we just set the mics up get some signal and go and you just trust your ears you trust your instincts and and trusting your instincts is just like you know you and I've been doing it for a long time so it you know it takes that in order for you to trust your instincts and I notice you do that all the time like you're so in tune with your instincts with no man I think we're good I think that's great. You sure you want to explore more tones? No, man. I think that's fine. Don't you like it? I think it's good. All right, cool. Like you trust your instincts.
1: Part of that is just laziness though. No, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a balance between um, zone zoning in because I noticed like working with you now, my tracks have that sort of power that they used to have when I worked with people back in the day. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh yeah, I work best when I'm working with somebody who picks up that left brain you know then, wait for yeah. me yeah. um and that's when my work sounds the best but it's it's definitely a balance between going in and zeroing in but then that can also become obsessive and then you get these stories of people that work on albums for like five years and they're just right. afraid to put anything out and it's never perfect uh, and you can end up damaging you can go too far in that left yeah. brain way so it's the balance of doing enough of that where you zero in and you hone in and you craft and you care for something. But then at the same time, you understand that it's never going to reach perfection and you should just also release it.
2: Uh, uh, Art is never finished. It's abandoned. Right. Right. It's it's that whole concept. Well, you know, I'm not an, I'm not an overthinker in that way. I know when to stop. I know when it's the best I can possibly do within my, within reason and you know will i turn another stone over just in case because i haven't thought about that yes i'll do that but i know when to stop i'm 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 pretty balanced there i feel um it took me a you know it took me a while to get to analyzing correctly and it took me a while to just know when to let go you know because i used to be super freeform, just track it mix it and dude it sounds great man it's done you know but like it fine-tuning is what separates the the men from the boys i feel you know especially when when it comes to production just enough you got to do it just enough to where you can sleep Mm -hmm. better at night but not too much to where it kills the soul and the energy of the project you know you got to keep the energy of the project full of inspiration you don't want to kill that that energy field right You don't want to kill it you got to keep it going you know that too
1: absolutely well darius ruckus i think that's his name darius rucker no i mixed darius Rucker ruckus, and yeah. adam ruckus clark right there darius ruckus <laughs> darius rucker i think that's his name got into a yeah. ruckus uh this week and he got busted for drugs and then one of his ex-girlfriends went in on him he had a rough week i found out yesterday as well he had hip replacement surgery so we got to say our prayers for this guy. Apparently, he was found with a little bit of weed and some psychedelic pills. So, oh, I no. mean, oh, no, that means he's smoking weed and microdosing. But <laughs> anyway, he got busted. There's a mug shot. I bring him up. It's, it's interesting because it, I think we should say prayers to him. It seems like he's getting raked over the coals unfairly. But I guess if he had hip replacement surgery, he was probably on some kind of prescription medication as well uh, anyway then yeah. send, I mean, send just, well wishes out to him but i bring him up because obviously he was hootie and the blowfish and then yeah. he became a country music icon um and now i've just heard that lana del rey her next record is going to be country you have uh been in the country space now for a few years and your work is eight really years. awesome in that realm oh eight years wow i didn't know yeah. that um, your rock and roll music is strong, but your country music is just as strong, if not stronger. Talk about why. I mean, I know the story of your father, but on a musical level, what has attracting you to country music?
2: Um, lyrically, I love the purity. I, I tend to, as much as I love rock and roll and sex drugs, sex drugs and rock and roll, and just the attitude, and, and my my heart will always love that. Um, with country music for me uh, as an artist it's like um, I love the purity of it I love the authenticity that it demands of you Um, it's not about role-playing it's not a character it's not putting a pair of sunglasses on and a boa uh, you know bow around your neck like it's uh, it's authenticity that's what I love about it and but you know, when I when I saturate myself with writing those kinds of songs, you know, I still there's a part of me that yearns for I want to rock. You know, I want to like I want to just be a badass and just do some cool rock and roll music. You know, you and I talk. But it, dude, rock and roll
1: it. doesn't necessarily mean feather, Bella and sunglasses. That's only for me. Scott Weiland back in the day. But for <laughs> me, dude, that, that's where my heart is with the attitude
2: of rock and <laughs> roll. I I love the front men that are just the icons of the Iggy pops, the Bowie's, the, you know, say right. yeah, Scott Weiland, like a uh, freaking Elvis for Christ's sake. Like I love the rock and roll whole thing around it. I just love the essence of that. Um, that's for me, that's me per- uh, 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 personally, mm. but country is just, it's person. It's just a uh, more personal, more intimate. Um, and, um, and, and, writing truly from the heart and not being bashful or um or or um you know apologetic for it
1: but there's people like elliot smith you know who's arguably rock and roll i guess he would be classified as singer songwriter but he had heat miser as well and he um he comes to mind when you bring up all those country qualities. I mean, there are rock and rollers who are genuine and they come with that approach. You know, That's even true. Kurt Cobain did Pearl yeah. jam, um, Chris Cornell, never put a feather boa on. He just was a feather boa. He just was, <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's true. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, I'm not saying that, that rock and roll, not yeah. saying that
2: rock and roll doesn't have authenticity. Um, right. But it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, j- j- uh there's there's an attitude in rock and roll that i necessarily don't bring to the table uh with country although i firmly believe too rock and roll is always in your blood and sometimes just in the essence of the sound of the track is rock and roll and i always thought that bob dylan even though he is a folk artist had rock and roll in his blood and Johnny Cash. Yeah, he's rock and, rock and roll, and roll as as well. artist,
1: though, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his electric band albums, when he came out and went electric, I mean, that is as rock and roll as it gets. That's yeah, true. That's you know? true.
2: Yeah.
1: And likewise, you have Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash, uh, you know, uh, that Music have rock and roll. Real rock and roll ethos yeah. beneath the country flair. And then also you have current country pop which is just like pop music basically so yeah. the genres blend i would say they do
2: and, and that's what i'm saying like the attitude of rock and roll is who you are and that's and rock and roll will always be in my spirit but i'm talking from like a songwriting standpoint um i'm i'm, I'm able to be uh just more personal with the approach versus um versus like this uh reckless abandon of just this you know uh, unbridled rock and roll mindset that's all um but rock and roll is in your blood
1: but why do you limit yourself from being personal when you're starting to write a rock and roll song and i'm not trying to like you know be argumentative or anything no no, no. It's i just I, interesting. I i like that i'm just like kind that. of you know like i realized it's kind of an annoying line but it it is interesting because because i come from a place where i don't really own a style at all i don't really consider myself any style in fact i'll write something that sounds country-ish to me or folky or rock and roll or just kind of weird electronic but it's all coming from exactly the same place i don't like Go, you know, oh, I'm writing this kind of song and this kind of song is enabling me to do something that this kind of song isn't, even though that is the case. But I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not uh, pulling apart different aspects of myself into different genres. I'm just always myself in whatever genre.
2: Well, I, I think as a human expressing himself. Yes, I agree. But my approach, if I'm if I'm writing like a song I just released called, She Loved Loretta Lynn, my approach, obviously it's coming from me because I wrote the song, but my approach with making the song and recording the song is different than if I'm writing uh, uh, this fuzz guitar, machine industrial song that kind of sounds like ministry. My,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: My whole vibe is, it's still me, but it's this different part of me, but my approach is completely different in recording a song right. like that versus that's it. But of course it's still me because there's still me that's wants to get that out. There's still me that's intimate and just wants to like, you know, talk about my childhood. And there's still me that wants to just like scream into a distortion pedal, into a Shure 58, to a fuzz pedal, monstrous industrial drum machine. Like that's still me, all facets of me, but the approach is different. That's all. The approach is completely different, actually.
1: All right, well, let's hear some of that approach right after these words on TNT. TNT's Bruce de Torres. The Who's proposed treaty will increase
0: man-made pandemics by Merrill Nass. Just a minute about this. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics, how to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare how to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics, and whether we can rely on our health officials to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help the population, populations. We start with the history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. She didn't put protect in quotes, but I just did verbally.
3: World Stage and Bruce de Torres on today's News Talk TNT.
1: This is generally the view of people, Oh, we don't know much about Assange. But you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you.
3: For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing.
0: Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010
2: in one form or another.
0: And we are now here after
3: years of imprisonment.
1: Leaks is a non state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high tech terrorist. A high tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonous. He has has to answer answer for for what what he he has has done. done.
0: Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes.
3: The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud
1: from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them.
0: We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London, or even assassinate him.
3: No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth-teller sits behind
2: bars. If wars can be started by lies,
0: peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero.
3: What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms
2: that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time.
0: He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words. And then he finally said, Please, save
3: my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. Free... May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him.
2: If there is a bird that is about to take flight,
0: stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think assange is a traitor he's a rapist he's a narcissist he's a
2: hacker
1: i don't blame you because you have been deceived and if you think you've not been deceived that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception we don't rock rock we talk, talk. today's news talk tnt radio lance davis He's he's incredible man. He's an incredible producer. He's also an artist named Grady Haas. But during the COVID era, when I was speaking out and getting ratioed on all my social medias, brutally for years, just, I hate you after everything I would post. Imagine it, folks. It's hard to check your your Instagram when every time you say hi everybody have a good day you get I hate you (laughs) it was rough anyway this guy had my back we became friends over that era and then when I moved out to Arizona we have become something of brothers I would even say Grady Lance, aka Lance, you got a song for us to play. Let's let's cut away to a song. This show is in dire need of some music, and you are here okay. to provide it. What do you got for us?
2: Cool, man. Well, I just released a song. Actually, we talked about it on your uh, last time I was on this program. Um, she loved Loretta Lynn, and you were gracious enough to play the track when it was mastered. And uh, I'm just going to do a live version of it.
1: All right, let's hear it.
2: All right, brother.
0: Tippy woman lived not too far. She loved Jesus and taught guitar to my mama in the middle of summer. I'd sit out back under the willow tree. Reading Psalms and sang melodies of old Christian songs. Where no one stands alone, I would hear them harmonizing, singing the red Times at night daddy would yell, Mama would cry, and it seemed like hell was about to break loose. Then I would hear the loose and mama would curse and slam the door, pull the guitar out and shoot. Sing some more of them country songs mm, About a love gone wrong i sit there and quietly listen once again She loved Loretta Lynn he would leave so he could cool off he'd get in the truck and he'd take off to only God knows where try to find peace somewhere back road driving way too fast boss reminding him storms never last on the
3: radio
0: hearing him back home when he'd walk through that front door again she'd sing Loretta Lynn
3: to him
0: she'd sing Loretta Lynn. Never last do they, baby? Bad times all pass with the wind. Your hand in mine seals the thunder. the sun want to shine. Yeah, you make the sun want to shine.
1: Beautiful song, Grady, Lance. Sir. I don't remember that line about you make the sun want to shine. Is that an add-on?
2: That's a little add-on. I, I do that live. It's, it's actually from a Will and Jennings song because I referenced Storms Never Last. And that was a song Will and Jen, Jennings did with Jesse Coulter's wife. And that was hmm. my mom and dad's favorite song. They used, to, they, just, they used to slow dance to that song. So I just tagged that little verse at the very end of the song. Live.
1: It's beautiful. I, who is your favorite songwriter, maybe top three, if push comes to shove?
2: Oh, man. Um, to be completely honest, man, you're one of them.
0: <laughs>
1: and,
2: get... No, le- listen. In the dude, la- in I almost
1: la- said as a joke, not uh, besides me as, <laughs> dude, like, as dude, a lead-in. <laughs> honestly, honestly,
2: in the last 20 years, you're one of them. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, dude! I
1: appreciate that. I really wasn't reaching for it. Like I said, I almost made the joke, but um, (laughs) no,
2: no, I think that's. I
1: appreciate that.
2: I mean, I love me Um, some Dylan. Um, Dylan, I love. um, uh, Actually, like Morrissey. Um, Yeah, a big Morrissey guy. Um, I love his uh, his art of the run on sentence, man. Like
1: it's incredible.
2: Yeah. Um, Oh God, I can just. I can just keep on going. I'm drawing blanks right now, but, uh, What about
1: Towns Van Zandt?
2: You know what, man? Obviously he's fantastic. And believe it or not, I've never really dove into his catalog, to be honest with you. I only know what is famous and from That's what I've heard. That's a huge
1: rabbit hole. It's incredible.
2: Is, I, I keep hearing it, And honestly, I don't know why I've never dug in. It's like Grateful Dead. I've never dug in. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but Towns Van Zandt, he's someone that I should be into, and I just never explored, to be honest. Um, but there's well,
1: so... I, okay. What do you think makes a great song? I mean, obviously, like, you know, we, we uh, lionize people like Dylan, you know, um, and for good reason. But it's, it's hard. I mean, what do you think the secret sauce is of what, what a song really connects to somebody on an emotional level?
2: um aside from lyric like melody for me I'm a melody guy I I love good melodies and lyric wise again I'm going to go back to our conversation before like when it comes to like a singer songwriter thing like I really need to connect to the lyric and and the commitment to what the artist is trying to say and Bob Dylan was great at that like say what you want if you think he's a good singer you don't think he's a good singer the guy committed to his lyric and that's why he's powerful and um so for me in that in that world of because i love all kinds of music you know it's um uh and in rock and roll it's the melody it's the attitude it's the production and sometimes i don't even necessarily care about the lyric honestly in rock and roll depends on what yeah it's a melody. It's a sound. But when it's right. songwriters, songwriters, obviously, it's the lyric and the melody for me that hits hits home. I don't care. If yeah, like the, the Stone chord, Temple parts,
1: Pilots. Parts. Like lyrically, they were kind of sketchy sometimes, but it didn't right. matter. They were it so good. His guitar <laughs> like, tone
2: was insane, and it, it's just like it's just yeah. sonically sounded great.
1: And. Like with the Stone Temple Pilots, they had Zeppelin references that were over the top, right? And then Scott Weiland always got accused of aping Eddie Vedder. They certainly, like, you know, were a band of their time. Uh, Then they transcended that. But they got critically shamed so hard. They never had this sort of sense of credibility until sort of after the fact. It's been rewarded to them uh, in hindsight. But during their tenure uh they they really didn't get the props they deserved we all just secretly loved them but then said no i don't like them <laughs> they,
2: they they were pretty huge though back then um they were
1: massive yeah but, but they, they weren't they on just, the mount
2: rushmore of of grunge bands you know, they grunge would get two Nevada. star
1: reviews in rolling stone and stuff like that you know <laughs> right, what i mean right, they were like right. it was it was a weird thing
2: no it's true and i tell you what man i i think they were great songwriters for for as rock bands go, I thought they wrote a really good song. Um, and oh, Scott
1: Weiland's like, a genius.
2: And the guitar player, absolute man. genius. And, and, the, and I hear the bass player also had a lot to do with that. Yeah, so,
1: they're all um, genius. Yeah.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I think, you know, I was an Alice in Chains guy, man, and I was a Chris Cornell guy. I mean, I, I was a metalhead when I was a teenager. So roll, ramping up into the 90s, I was a belter guy. I loved the belters. And then, I remember driving home from Baltimore, Maryland, actually Washington, DC uh, area. I was driving home, long ride home, 2 AM. Cause I was seeing some girl down there and just, you know, back you in those were. days. And, 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 and you she. know, and you, and yeah, you remember those, <laughs> you remember those when you were young, man, you drive two hours to see a girl, you know, it's like,
1: she, <laughs> yeah, you, and, would. you know
2: what I'm saying? And I'm coming home <laughs> two in the morning and I was listening to this radio station. I think it was like, 91 w i forget what the call letters were but it was live at the black cat in dc mm. and it was this band sound I played garden. there i'm yeah. sure you have yeah and uh and it was sound garden this new band sound it was like 91
1: it's a tiny place and,
2: and they were live at the black cat Soundgarden right. doing hands all over the song hands all over
3: hands all over
2: um and I was like who is this guy he's a belter I like I like screamers when it comes to rock and roll and hooked from day one with Soundgarden and that would that's right when the grunge was launching and I'll remember that night always hands all over being sung by Chris Cornell at the black cat live and uh game changer it it yanked me out of the you know because metal was dying and grunge was coming in hardcore and Soundgarden yeah. kind of Soundgarden reached out the Olive Branches like, "Come on board," you know. And uh, rest is history. I wasn't a big grunge guy though, but I kind of went into. I was there,
1: uh, talking to or texting with Patrick Carney last night of the Black Keys, and he we were going on a a long rant with it and he was kept sending me spot his spotify song selections and check this out check this out check this out the guy's a musicologist it's unbelievable and i was getting an education and we were talking about how you know the art of music most of what he sent me was from back in the day and it used to be Art was like first and foremost with music and we respected it so much and almost everybody did. And we were all zeroing in on the sort of artistic aspect of music, the soul aspect of it and how important that was to all of us, even the people that weren't doing it. We, we all respected it. It seems like that's lost these days. Like it's not as sort of at the forefront. It's more about like your views, likes. It's kind of about the results you get from the music rather than the music itself. Do you think that there's been a shift from that time you're driving to meet a girl at two in the morning, listening to Soundgarden at the Black Cat compared to now?
2: I mean, yeah, I I do. I think it's a different kind of thing. Again, I think it's apples and oranges and I think it's just foreign for us because it's, not necessarily our era right now, as far as like being new to music. And it's different, you know, you know, we grew up listening to albums, you know, you'd buy a, a record, a vinyl or a CD and, and you'd listen to the album while you're looking through the artwork, you know, it's like, I mean, that doesn't happen really too much anymore. I mean, there's still some uh, hardcore, passionate vinyl people out there that just, uh, you know, they're still into it and keeping keeping the spirit alive. but. I do think the times are different, you know, and I do think um, uh, there's a lot. Uh, I can't say it's all like that, but I'm sure there is a lot. It's it's the it, it's the focus is on the expectation of likes and comments, kind of forefront because that is, you know, back then the artist didn't have to worry about all that. It was it was taken care of for them, you know. Right. It's a, it's a different kind of thing now. The artist now being an indie artist. Well, yeah, it's great being an indie artist and not signed to a big deal, but now you gotta do all the legwork and you gotta front all the money. Um so it's a it's a little different, you know. There's
1: yeah, it decimates It decimates our our ability to just be pure artists in some kind of way. We have to be marketers and and think about all, of all kinds of things that scatter our attention all over. But speaking of Patrick Carney, the new Black Keys album, I've heard a bunch of tracks on it. I think my maybe all of it. And it is incredible, by the way. So shout out to them. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after these words on TNT.
3: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve
2: Malzberg. Last week when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about the position of Joe Biden when it comes to late term abortions, she had the phony rhetoric ready to go.
3: What I will say is majority of Americans, majority of Americans wants to see their rights protected, wants to see women have their rights protected, wants to be able to wants want women to be able to make those deeply, deeply personal decisions on their bodies, on their own, not politicians. That's what majority of Americans want to see. And so the president's going to stand with majority of Americans on this issue. Do those unborn babies have any rights then? I'm not gonna get into that specific, I'm not gonna get into that question.
1: Rights for unborn babies, what are you mad? (laughs) But let's take a look
2: at how Americans really feel about the issue of abortion. This is from Gallup. May of last year, only 34% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under all circumstances. 34%, a majority, 64% say limited circumstances or not at all. And in the same poll, only 22% of Americans believe third trimester abortion should be legal at all. It just shows that Corinne Jean-Pierre and her leftist buddies are a bunch of liars. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT.
0: As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns they didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so i can help other veterans latoya lucas may your victories inspire many more support more victories for veterans go to dav.org
1: joseph arthur and his technicolor dreamcast on today's news talk radio tnt And we're back with singer-songwriter Grady Haas, AKA Lance Davis, super producer. Um, So Grady, you got a new record coming out. Talk about it a little bit and play us another song from it.
2: All right. Well, it's out now. It was released released last summer. It's called Locomotive. And uh, it's a record I started recording back east when I was still living out there. And then uh, we had two years of craziness. And so it kind of put the project on halt. And then I moved my butt out here. Um, And then I finished the record up out here um, in Apache Junction, Arizona. And uh, yeah, the record's out. Um, I'm getting some shows booked this year. And uh, yeah, and I was thinking about doing a song off the album called See Sky and I that I wrote probably back in 2006. That I resurrected and put some pedal steel on it and countryfied it a little bit. So,
1: see Sky and I. Yes. Here we go, Grady Hoss.
3: Get back to me And sometimes you gotta go alone Just to see what it is You're running from trust Just run to me It's the only sea, the only sky, it's all The flesh and soul tonight It's got me down on my knees And you run through shades of blue and sand Just to stay upon A higher plane is a must Just run to me And it's the only the morning sun, and it speaks to me like the chosen one of love. Just say to me, and just say you love me. I wanna see you tonight Oh yeah, baby It's the only sea, the only sky It's only me tonight Hey, oh, hey oh, oh.
1: another beautiful one man i love the melody and Thank the lyrics mom. yeah man good Thanks work man. on that yeah Thanks, what's the name of your album again tell the folk
2: locomotive
1: locomotive
2: local
1: local motive. yeah
2: and uh it's Brady awesome and the sidewinders and uh super happy with it and uh half recorded in actually philadelphia pennsylvania and the other half recorded out here in apache junction arizona so It's out there on Spotify and all the stuff.
1: Going from Philly to Arizona and Apache Junction, over at your place, there's a mountain right there. I mean, how is that affecting you, being so close to nature on this scale versus Philadelphia? And also, you just had a birthday. We're almost the same age. You just turned 53. Wow, we're getting up there. What do you think... Tell me about Apache Junction versus Philly, but also throw in how you feel about being in your 50s now, and and are you surprised at what life is like in your 50s? How do you philosophize about it?
2: Well, you know, you coming from Brooklyn, man, it's, it's drastic. You know, Arizona is like, is literally the most different state in the United States. I mean, pretty much every state has trees and some grass. Um, and Arizona is just so stark. It's 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 so desert, and especially coming from a concrete city that's in the Northeast. And, and I'm from Maryland. I'm actually from the country. I grew up I grew up in a small rural town in, in Cecil County, and I just happened to live in Philadelphia for 13 years. I was working in New York a lot, train, uh, going back and forth between there, and uh, moving out here to Arizona. Um, I've been coming out here most of my life because my sister's moved out here back in the 80s. And uh, I've been coming out here visiting forever, so I'm kind of familiar with it. But living out here is different. And you know as well as I do, it, it's, it's beautiful, it's, in the, it's majestic. There's something about the desert and the mountains and the cactus that's majestic and dare I say spiritual, man. There's such a Native American vibe out here that I love um the outdoors are great i love the outdoors back east too um and but it's just you know it's it's back to the apples this is the apples and oranges show man it's just Mm -hmm. like it's hard to it's hard to compare the two man it's it's different it's it's home for now i don't know if it'll be home forever but it's home for now and i love it out here and um i love the nature i love the hiking and i love the outdoor um mentality out here um but as far as being in my 50s Hey, man, it's, uh, you know, spiritually, I've never been stronger. Mentally, I've never been stronger. You know, physically, it's, you know, it's it's trying to tap us on the shoulder. Um, so we got to do our best, um, you know, to keep that um, up to speed. You do a much better job than I do it being disciplined with that. But, man, I've been spoiled my whole life just being kind of a thinner guy and, and just constantly, you know, just always staying in shape with just doing life. But man the 50s have a way to catch up to you a little bit and so we gotta we gotta work at it just to to shoot bogey you know
1: but what about like are you surprised i'm surprised at how sort of i don't know i saw this meme that was like gen xers are the only generation that felt like they were 30 when they were 12 and now that they're 50 they still feel like they're 30.
2: It's, it's
1: so true, man. <laughs> that's it's, exactly how I feel. <laughs> that's I exactly. I feel like I've been 30 for like, how many years? 40 years. I think I've been 30. You know what I mean? And and I feel that way. And I guess, yeah, I don't, I'm not being touched physically, knock on wood, because I am a, a total nut about working out. I mean, I love it. I If I if I could practice, you know, 90-minute Bikrams twice a day every day, Hey, I would and it's not even a discipline it's just I love that practice I love the sort of release from the mind the release from the digital world I don't find it a discipline even it's almost a discipline in reverse like I, I almost do that stuff too much and I'm not trying to like brag or anything it really right, is right. just the truth that's <laughs> just like it's my escape in a way but it's also uh Finding presence. So I've I've melded it into a spiritual practice. And so I couldn't like it's what I look forward to, you know, when you like when you take away all other sources of dopamine like drugs and alcohol, which I virtually have taken away outside of caffeine and these nicotine pouches, you know, but I mean, it's basically then your dopamine sources become good things. Like working on music or going and doing a yoga class or going on a run. It's like, yeah, that's where you get your dopamine from. Especially if you, you know, are are single and not looking to mingle, you know? (laughs) Name your next album. That's it. Single, not looking to mingle. (laughs) Or at least it's a hook. It's a lyric at least. (laughs) But are you like... Are you surprised that life keeps being so interesting and has it kept being so interesting? I feel like for you, it has, I mean, and does that surprise you? Because when we were coming up, you know, there was the whole thing like, oh, you're supposed to self-destruct by 27 and, you know, or that kind of thing, or like definitely you were too old to make it by 30. And the surprise is, is that it remains completely vital. And it actually just gains vitality as long as you sort of meet rise to the occasion of it. I mean, is, is that your experience yeah. of it?
2: Yeah, man. It, it That's never gone away. You know, it, it's, uh, I, I, I'm, I still strive to be inspired because I believe in inspiration is our fuel. And the minute you stop trying to be in, inspired or, or looking for inspiration, it, it, I think that's when you start withering away and, dying metaphorically and it's just like inspiration man it's, it's a lot and I, I my inspiration and my need for it I guess that's my dopamine is inspiration whether it's a going to a new place on Saturday at town you've never seen before or writing a song or making artwork or a spontaneous gathering with friends like that's my dopamine is is just keeping that inspiration alive because I, I have to have it you know, it's uh, you know, just, you know, I'm sure you're the same way. All humans are the same way. I, I just don't know if people are aware of it. Um, but, but I, inspiration's my do- dopamine. I have to have it. And it's, it's never, it's never faltered or gone away since I've been young. Um, mentally, like you said, I'm, I'm still 32 in my brain. Um,
1: How have you kept your, that inspiration alive though? And has the world ever tried to talk you out of it?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the world as in like the people in my life, no, have never tried to talk me out of it. I, you know, I I think what you see on television or or just the system itself uh, seems to think it's kind of silly to be that way. Um, um, I the, the way I keep it alive is I just constantly seek it. Seek and you shall find kind of thing. You know, I constantly mm-hmm. seek inspiration. I have to be inspired. I love the feeling of being inspired. You know, you know, you understand. It's I don't know if it's being an artist or spiritually uh, aware dude. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I have to have inspiration. So I look for it. I try to make it. You know, of course, there's days where you're in the dull do you, and Do you, you pray? Do I meditate, which is basically praying, and I and I do. I I, I ask, I ask questions. I pray. I, do you ever talk uh,
1: to the big guy? Do you ever say, "Hey God, I, what's up"?
2: I do. I do. <laughs> uh, and and meditation is a big part of my game. Not just sitting in lotus pose, but when I'm in the shower, I just sit there and just let the hot water beat my back, and I just clear my brain. When I'm driving, I just try to clear my brain. When I'm hiking, it's about I challenge myself to say, "I'm hiking. I'm watching my footsteps." And the second a thought comes into my mind, I get rid of it and just try to have a clear hike, so that when I come back, I'm, I'm refreshed and just try to break from thinking. And
1: so, mm-hmm. med- yeah, all kinds. Yeah. Of by the time you're 50, if you don't know the game is to get away from your thoughts, I don't know what to tell you. That's right. the game.
2: <laughs> your thoughts are crazy, man. They'll, they'll drive man. you crazy.
1: They will. Lance, tell everyone where to find you.
2: GradyHoss.com. You'll find me on Spotify, the Instagrams, the Facebook, all the social media stuff we got to do. It's all out there. Grady Hoss and the Sidewinders or just Grady Hoss.
1: All right. Grady Hoss and the Sidewinders, a.k.a. Lance Davis, super producer. He's here. He's uh, an amazing guy. So thanks for coming on, man. I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for your songs. Yes, sir. Joe's new
2: album is killer.
1: Yes, it is. Thanks to you, brother. Thanks to you. Yes, man. All right, bro. I will see you down the road sometime very soon. I guess uh, we'll probably talk later. All right, Lance. Talk soon, man. Keep listening, everybody.